1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
1: Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game today. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, so the beard is on his way home so that he can record the second session and I'm going to fly solo with Mr. Johnny Yarbrough from Appulate, where he heads up the wholesale and the MGA division, for lack of a better term. Johnny, what's up, man? How's it going, David? It's going I'm pretty good. well. Over here. I'm good. So give everybody kind of a little bit about your background. Give them your background story. Tell them who you are, where you came from, and then we'll dive into Appulate because we love tech and talk and shop about it around here for certain.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So my background, I kind of fell into insurance pretty randomly, as a matter of fact, got into it um, with a small family company almost about 10 years ago. And we developed some just really cool MGA type products that we were just trying to focus on technology. At the time, there was just there was nothing um, that seemed like affordable and quick that we, we could use. And so we, we came across Appulate, and I liked it so much I ended up coming on board with them full time. So I've I've done um, all kinds of weird PEO, MGA-type products, always in kind of the hard-to-place workers' comp world. And uh, and so now I'm just completely focused on MGAs and wholesalers and how we can improve their technology. I just kind of went through that firsthand and <laughs> understood the, the, the true need of it. I feel like a long time before now, where where it seems like everybody's kind of talking about that. You know what? I, I'm glad you said that,
1: man, because I have been getting emails from Appulate for literally years, like oh, yeah. over, like probably over a decade, I would think. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how old Appulate is, but I mean, I I just can tell you consistent streams of drip emails. About different things. Now, truthfully, I mm-hmm. haven't opened all of them, but I know that it revolved around insuretech and and the things that I remember seeing in those emails. You know, just even in subject lines and things were way ahead of their time. Like probably one of the reasons why I didn't pay a lot of attention, even though now I look back and I'm like, wow, these people were really kind of on the on the forefront, the head of the curve in the whole insuretech thing. So you know, the fact that you've been around as long as you have, I don't really think with all the buzz that happens for a new company that comes into the insure tech space, right? Mm
2: -hmm. I don't
1: think that it should be viewed as negatively if you're an old guy in the insure tech space either, right? Right. Because as long as you're consistently adapting, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. I I liken that to my own existence in that, you know, I am not the, the... Newest generation coming out that is well versed in every ounce of technology that that's out there, like the Snapchat and crap like that that people, you know, <laughs> the, that the younger generation is using to communicate. Right, my oldest son yeah. almost communicates exclusively using Snapchat. I couldn't figure out what I was doing if I created an account and logged in. It would take me some time to learn how to navigate it. But th- the advantage I do have is I wouldn't spend a whole bunch of time. I'd figure it out pretty quick because I'm of the generation that the internet didn't exist until I was in the later stages of high school and going into college. We didn't have email and mainstream internet access and all of that, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And so one of the things that I think has been a strength for me over the years is the fact that I have the ability to see how things unfold. And I recognize trends just based on that development. I mean, just look at the internet and the progression that it's taken in and of itself. I mean, we went from AOL dial up where you'd get booted if you didn't have the call waiting disabled to then we moved into cable, you know, cable modems and DSL to fiber to the stuff that we have now. It's just amazing. We get upset if we don't get instant page renderings, you know, when before we would wait like 3 minutes for all of the pictures to show up on a page. So, you know, I I don't think that being around a long time is, is a negative for anybody in the insure tech space. I think it's a strength.
2: It's definitely a strength. I, I think so, too. And and you nailed it. I mean, you've got to have a combination of both things. You've got to have experience, but you've also got to be nimble and, and be willing to change. And I think the best companies, especially the ones that we work with and, and the ones that I've personally worked with, including Appulate, have been the ones who are forward-thinking, they're willing to change, but specifically try to empower those who they work with. They're, they're not necessarily trying to uh, hoard information. And, and and I've I've come across that uh, kind of in my past life of working in insurance where you get kind of old timers who are just full of experience, but not really excited about change. And they find themselves very useful by just knowing so much information. And so I think what it took, and and has been around for, almost now 17 years, I think, as of March, it'll be 17 years. That's a long time to be in the insure tech space at all. And I think even about uh, five or six years ago, we were getting excited when we saw that agents were starting to really use technology like ours and even using like agency management systems that we were seeing. I think the numbers were around like 60 to 70% of agents had adopted an agency management system within um, their agency. Now, um, multiple studies, including our own, see about 90%. And so we're seeing a huge trend of adoption and it's all around uh, companies who are empowering agents to be better uh, suited to handle the needs of their insureds, uh, their customers. And, and if they can do that, then they can stick around and be relevant. And I think that's been a big concern of agents is, wow, all this technology is changing and carriers are building out all this crazy stuff where they can go insure direct and make it extremely fast. What's the point in even having an insurance agent at that point, especially for a number of lines, but we're not seeing that go away. I mean, we're just totally not. We're seeing now that companies like Appulate pop up. They give agents and MGAs, wholesalers, carriers, the same kind of tools as a large fortune 500 company would be able to afford and empowering them. And, and that's why I came on board. I mean, that's a philosophy that I I really get behind. I think it's cool that you've, you kind of tapped into that.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that, um, I think it's interesting because you're, you're right about the old guard. And I think that's the biggest miscalculation that they can make. Right. I, I say this a lot, but, we need to quit controlling and start collaborating because Mm. we're going to render ourselves extinct if we don't. And I think that the, the, the older generations before me, and I have direct experience with this, they feel threatened by what they don't know. And by controlling the narrative, they have the ability to, maintain the status quo. The problem with that is they're maintaining the status quo. They're not pushing forward. And our industry reeks of the need to be more forward thinking, more progressive in our thought process. And technology is a tool, man. I mean, anybody Mm. who thinks that technology is here to replace them or their staff that's not the case. It's not to, to, to replace the human experience. Technology should be enhancing the human experience and making us operate at a more efficient level than what we would operate without it. Does that mean putting quote bind issue type products in your agency? It absolutely does. I'm a middle market commercial, commercial agency. If small business is going to be written in my agency, it has to be written in a way that makes sense for us because our core business yeah. is so different than the Main Street America, you know, $1,500 bop that it would, I, I just, I cannot do a good job on the $1,500 bop. That's not what we're set up for. Oh, right. But I'm also yeah. not going to go into that account with full-blown risk management and environmental health and safety people. I'm not going to mm-hmm. build them a risk management intranet. I'm not going to give them self-service certificates and all of the other things that we do for our middle market accounts. But I want to write the business because when you all you write is the large middle market, you have a problem. That's all you have in your book. And if you lose one, or when you lose one, whether that be through any fault of your own, or in our case, you know, acquisition of service contractors has been huge from venture capital. I need to have a way to pivot and move back to something, you know, or have that foundation built. That's the one thing, yeah. in my opinion, the main street agency has, you know, is the, if the main street agency mm-hmm. says, you know what, I'm really looking to move upstream. I want to get into middle market commercial. They've got the foundation built. I'm building yeah. my agency backwards. I'm trying to fill personal lines and small commercial <laughs> in underneath this massive middle market tier
2: right now, just to drive down the average revenue per account in our agency. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. And, and there's a number of things you said that I, I, I wish more people would kind of think that way. I mean, I, I, Personally, I think that um, going back to something you said at the beginning, it, it's in human nature to really be um, adverse to change in that way. I mean, you're comfortable when, when you've got stability, right? And, and you, you know how things are functioning, you understand it, you've got your agency, maybe you've had it for 30 years, and you, and you don't want to, you don't really want to change much because it's functional. But things around you are changing rapidly. And I think it comes down to education, right? There's, there's, I got maybe a couple of ways to look at this, but education is big. I, I try to spend a lot of time trying to uh, do webinars and, and uh, I really appreciate the content that you guys put out in this podcast. I think it, again, it just kind of empowers people. The more in- information you have, the better uh, decisions you can make. But also I've got to hear from people who are running MGAs and wholesalers and just ask them simply, what what do you want to get done? Just tell me what it is you want. Like, we don't have to talk about APIs and XML data and all of this, but what do you want? Do you just want more submissions? Do you want to be able to do that faster? Is it? Is it? Would it be easier for you if you uh, uh, didn't have to sit there and go back and forth trying to collect information? Like just starting somewhere simple like that, I think is a good way to get people on board with some of this technology. Uh, because quite frankly, I, I think there's just been a lack of of education around that. And we see this, it really, it's kind of interesting. We see this with uh, commercial lines of insurance where on personal lines uh, side, is, I guess it's been a little simpler. It's been around a little bit longer where uh, the technology has been available for for people to quote very quickly, get instant rates. People can do things on their phone. Um, and And I think the commercial side has just really lacked with that quite a bit. And even though we've been around for 17 years, we really haven't even seen a surge until the last 10 years. The last five years, we've really seen agents participate on our platform. And then even within just the, that short amount of time, we've seen a, an additional 200,000 users on our system. I mean, I don't think any of this is um, necessarily just a coincidence. This is how people kind of adapt to this change, but it's all about the information that's out there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think what what you are uh, hinting at here is is not just relevant but extremely important. So,
1: how do you help the agents, man? T- talk a little bit about what you yeah. do. You know, when an agency reaches out to you, what are they typically looking for? What are their problems, and how do you solve them?
2: Yeah, great question. So, our system is really interesting uh, because it 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 kind of sits in between uh, different systems that people are are used to. And what I mean by that is, an agent will start from their agency management system. Again, like 90% of agents are using these and we can connect to all of them. So we allow an agent to move data directly from an agency management system into our system, which I like to call it like the the Amazon of of, uh, insurance, for insurance basically. So they move into our system, they can interact with hundreds of different markets, Uh, across dozens of lines of business everything's already supported out of the box so they're not hitting any hurdles they can select a market and within seconds know if it fits that appetite of that particular market they can investigate new markets to see if it fits their appetite answer any kind of required questions which we've isolated down to only exactly what's needed which could be fed from a market just telling me hey we need to ask this question right here or we've got a supplemental form that we usually hand out if they put in this class code and we need that completed and we just break all of that down to okay what exactly do you need in order to get a quote Uh, let's let the agent know that up front we create this incredible amount of transparency for the agent and then give them those tools to uh, then collect information from an insured like send a questionnaire to the insured or request loss runs on behalf of the insured giving them all these tools to, again, just kind of empower them to be as um, a- as quick as possible to engage with the um, insured, have all of the information right at their fingertips. And then on the market side, this is great because there's a tremendous amount of automation happening here. You can filter out the submissions, So you're never receiving anything that's uh, unqualified. Um, you're never having to do any manual entry. And the agent is only having to enter things one time, even if let's say a market's got their own portal that they've built, we can then take that agent to that portal, instantly log them in, and pre-fill in all of that information. And so this agent is just sitting here sending data everywhere, and this truly creates not just the automation, but then a a distribution play um, where agents can now investigate new markets that they probably wouldn't have even touched um, because they don't want to have to figure out a new system or, or key something in an additional time. So we just give them a very simple ability to move that data somewhere, find out, hey, all right, here's this market I've never heard of, uh, but they say they do trucking. Let's see, do they actually do long-haul trucking in Texas and, and they've got X, Y, and Z? Well, I can find out in about three seconds. And so that's that's extremely powerful from the agent's perspective. And then, of course, from the market, uh, there's just not a better play for, for trying to get real strategic distribution for your product.
1: So talk about integrations, man. What does that look like? I mean, do you integrate with the agency management systems um, so that downloads occur and all of that? Um, another question I would have off the top of my head is who shows up as the agent, a record on business written? Is it appulates MGA or is it actually Mm -hmm. passed through to the agent as if there's like a sub agent code, even though that may not be the case. I'm just wondering, I'm trying to anticipate questions that I know my peer group's going to have based (laughs) off of what I know is out there right now
2: it's a good point because out there we see a number of companies that behave like insure tech platforms, but they are truly like an MGA or, or wholesaler. And we don't operate like that at all. I mean, we are truly just a tech platform and that's it. So we don't stand in between an agent and their product or the program or in between the insured and the agent. I mean, we are just strictly a platform. And that's really, really important because we're not here to collect commissions Uh, in fact, most of the time we don't even do transactional fees at all. We say, all right, here's the platform. What do we need to integrate with? Um, most of it's out of the box. It's already standardized. So we don't have to rebuild the whole thing. So some systems it could take, uh, six to 12 months to build something out where it takes us a matter of weeks. I mean, it's just truly so nice and fast. So from like an integration standpoint, we, uh, on the agent side, when I say we work with every agency management system, we've built drivers that function as um, kind of like print drivers. So any Accord form, uh, we support um, any Accord form, any version of any Accord form, we support OCR. So if someone's still faxing or scanning Accord forms, we can ingest those. Uh, and then every agency management system out there in the US is is should at a minimum be able to produce um, this Accord data. We can extract that, push it into our system, and then now we've got something kind of standardized. We, we convert all this into XML standard, which is, now we're getting a little bit technical, but um, all that really means is that it's a standard form of data that most engineers are extremely familiar with. It's very easy to work with. And so we're not one of these systems that tries to kind of accumulate a lot of data, but make it very difficult to pull it out, which there are a number of systems that are, that are kind of that way. Uh, and that can be frustrating. So we don't do that at all. We, we just try to be um, just extremely simple to work with so that data is just moving seamlessly all over the place. And we actually find that that's a better strategy and, and folks use this more more often if that's the case. So uh, hopefully that answers that question. I mean, everything is, it, and when it comes down to it, uh, it gets, once you get in the details, it really depends on like, what system are you using? What does that process look like? But um, at, at a very base level, um, we should be able to do it, right? I mean, it's just it should be easy, uh, and it shouldn't be complicated. We try to make it that way.
1: So, talk to me about the um, the actual structure. I come, I want to mm. use Appulate in their MGA to place business. One of the big ones that's out there that we see right now is Cover Wallet, right? I'm mm. sure that you're aware of Cover Wallet and what they do. In uh, the mm-hmm. fact that you can access standard markets through their platform, get paid your full commission on it. But mm-hmm. when that policy comes out, that's a cover wallet policy. So mm. you have to explain to your client on the front end. You know, yes, I right. will be your agent. However, um, my name is not at the at the top of the at the policy. Is your system set up similarly to that? Whereas you're the one who has the contract with the carriers uh, inside not the LGA.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's such a important question actually is probably one of the top five questions that I received. And the answer is no. I mean, we, it is purely between you and the agent. If you're, if you're an MGA carrier wholesaler, and you've got a direct relationship, again, we're just not in the middle of that at all. So we're, we're not licensed. We don't set ourselves up that way at all. So there's no need to explain. I mean, it is truly, if you're an agent and you've got uh, a relationship with Amtrust, it is still you and Amtrust, but in our system, you can get an instant quote. If you're a wholesaler, MGA, that's got a product with Amtrust, you can utilize their API to deliver real-time rates and quotes right within our system to your agent, and it's still all between you. And all of this process is happening where an agent may be sending it to a wholesaler, wholesaler sends it to an MGA, MGA is writing on a paper of a carrier, and it's all going forward and then backwards to bring that quote, but it's all happening in real time. And so none of that has Appulate in the middle of it. It's just kind of where it is. It's just in that system. So then your,
1: your competition more or less would be something more along the lines of a Tarmica or a SEMSI. That is what yeah. it sounds like.
2: Exactly. And, and the only big difference is, there's is kind of something you talked about earlier. It's just being around for a long time. Uh, I Here's the thing about that. I mean, You still have to build stuff. So if we were to just say, you know what, let's scrap Appulate, let's build it all over again, it would take more than a decade to to rebuild, even knowing what we know today. It just takes a long, 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 long time. And not just in sitting there writing millions of lines of code, but just having done so many integrations with so many different folks to smaller MGAs that offer interesting products that might not be normal to your larger carriers w- with with just so many iterations of, of, of different questionnaires and everything else, it takes a long, long time to uh, not just build it, but again, just kind of understand the industry. And then having utilization, that is the biggest thing. I can sit and maybe build the coolest thing you've ever seen, but then no agents are using it all. And that's a problem that we keep running into Um with markets who are trying to invest in technology right now, and they spend a bunch of money on a really super cool system, but they miss the fact that agents just at a base level have no desire to rekey that information. And again, on your own website, even if, especially if they've never interacted with you before. Um, And so it's taken us at at least the better part of a decade to come up with an agent network as large as we are. And, And today we've got about Three hundred thousand independent agent users on our system. It's about eighty percent of the industry, and um, about one hundred and sixty thousand of those. So more than half are active on a regular basis, and and are subscribed. They want to hear about new markets and products on our pro uh, on our system. And I mean, when we have webinars, we have hundreds of of people showing up every single time for these things. I mean, it is just the activity is just unbelievable. And so, although. Um, it's it's actually really amazing, by the way, to see competition. And you're right, like Tarmica and, and folks like that um, are, are doing really cool things. But I think it may take a little time for them to kind of get to that point. But what is really cool about competition is it normalizes what's happening. And I think that's something that we haven't seen, especially a company like ours that's been around for 17 years. One of the disadvantages is, of that is that 15 years ago no one was using this thing or 10 years ago we're like all right what's going on we've been doing this for a long time where's all the activity and it's just not a normal thing yet and so now as technology is starting to kind of normalize in this way we're seeing just so much more activity and it's it's great
1: So talk a little bit about how people use your tool. And and what I mean by that is, Mm. is it 100% agency facing where Mm. this is something that the marketing department that's in an agency or whoever's responsible for quoting is using your technology as a commercial lines rater? Or is Mm. it something that is also able to be used as a widget or an iframe or something inside of an agency's website, because i'll I'll be honest with you yeah. right now. for anything that is below a certain premium volume, we created an iframe for cover wallet on our website, where we know that we can just direct the small business over to cover wallet. And it looks like you're doing business with Florida risk partners, but you're able to go through the Mm. quoting process and get your numbers, bind your policy, whatever, all through that. Um, I'm not overly wild about doing that um, just because their name is on the policy. As I brought up earlier, I think that that creates a level of complexity to the questions you have to answer that really doesn't Mm. have to exist. But- Uh, That's a really long way for me to ask the question, but is this a client facing product in addition to agency side or is it strictly something we would use on the on the back end that the client wouldn't see just to make our lives easier?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, I guess there's a few ways to answer the question because we've been around long enough to see people kind of use it in different ways. I mean, there are some folks who do just use it internally and they go, you know what, we don't want to really change anything we're doing. We're fine if someone emails us an chord form, but we're just tired of keying that in. Is there any way that you can just have this set up so that if someone emails us an chord form, we can just ingest it into our policy admin system, issue a quote, and we're good? The answer is yes. I mean, absolutely yes. Um, we can develop tools right on the website, like you're talking about. Kind of. Um, I haven't seen. We haven't done anything like with an iframe in that way, um, but we've got tools where they could like drag and drop an chord form, for example, and it auto-populates. Your form, but where our technology really thrives is just, uh, it's honestly that ecosystem. It's that online ecosystem where agents are all interacting with their markets on our platform. And that's why I use something like Amazon as an example, because um, if you had a website where you're trying to sell merchandise. Um, most of the time you're going to sell it directly. You may not iframe Amazon in there. It would be odd. Or maybe if you were on Amazon and you wanted to buy something and you clicked buy, then you got launched to a different website to finish that. That might feel a little weird too. But where Amazon just does a really great job is creating a simple way for you to interact all on one transparent platform where you've got all these different uh, vendors and companies offering products in one s- single location where the traffic is. And there's a big advantage to that. Um, and so that's kind of what we do. And and we've seen just kind of based off of, again, years of experience and analyzing and doing studies of these agents on, on what their habits are, where, where they're investing their time, what do they want to do? There's always going to be just really cool ideas and things that may seem really logical, but then in practice, an agent just doesn't want to use it. it. And it came down to something simple like, oh, it just felt weird to go to another page. <laughs> you know, I, I just wanted to stay here. And and when competition offers that ability, uh, now you have to kind of do the same thing because they don't want to take that extra step. And so, yeah, I mean, today, um, an agent is just going to go directly onto our platform from their agency management system. And most of them don't want to leave. They don't want to leave there. They don't really even want to go to individual websites. Um, we'll create landing pages for them to learn more about the product, for example. But they they use our tool not just to kind of sit there and enter in data like you would a, a portal on a website, but they use it as a, like a daily insurance CRM tool as well. I call it like a submission management system because... They're sitting there running reports and doing renewals and managing documents. And uh, there's a lot happening on this system more than just entering quote information. And I think that's, that's part of it that's really important.
1: Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client?
2: Maybe you, maybe not.
1: You said that I asked you one of the top five questions that you get. What's the top question?
2: Oh man, yeah. Um, I think one of the top questions is honestly just: Are agents really using this? Right. I I think that's the big key. Is um, all right. You want me to invest a bunch of money in this, and we want to rebuild our system and do something different. um, But are agents actually using it? At least that—that is often the first, the top question, and should probably be the top question. as as new companies are emerging out there that are doing actually really incredible things, one of the things that just takes time is getting an agent network set up. If you're looking at a distribution platform and you're using it for distribution, that's such a big thing. And I think that's where a lot of people are focused because that's quite honestly where they're getting most of their return on investment is that they're putting this out in front of agents. Um, They don't necessarily need a new shiny system all the time, but they need a way to get New submissions and qualified submissions, and the answer is yes. I mean, I I've got data on data on data that shows that they use the system, why they use the system, what they like about it, uh, where this makes them feel like they're empowered and and they're 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 just excited about it. Um, but also, then I look at kind of other studies that have been done by other folks, and I, I see things like eighty-six percent of agents say digital technology is vital to helping their agency grow. Um, I wouldn't have suspected that number was so high. And then another one that shocks me is 76% of agents feel like they're not getting the most out of their technology. And so a lot of times when I start reading data like that and and um, statistics around um, reports that have, have been done by a, a number of companies, including ours, it tells me that, okay, agents are excited about this technology, but they just don't feel like they're like I said, they're not getting the most out of it. Like you could build a really cool system, but now you're still making them go to your site and rekey and all that information. It's taking them forever. And I think one of the first things you said is, you know, let's say you're making commission, you're only making like two hundred dollars on a on a policy. Why would I ever want to go through another site to complete all this information when I could just click a button and and get another quote? Um, and so I th- I think I think that's the biggest thing is is all right, how much of this can we actually automate? And our agents going to actually use this? Um, And I think that's a, that's a really good question. So that's, that's probably my number one.
1: Yeah. You know, I have a comment though about the agents wanting, you know, wanting more from their, or, you know, are they getting what they think they should out of their technology or the, Mm. I think there's an inherent number of agents out there who are always going to expect more from their technology. And a lot of times th- that, those expectations are completely unrealistic. And mm. I see it more often than not on the web development side, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of web companies out there like Forge 3 and Advisor Evolved, who I use and absolutely love. And in their insurance splash, I mean, there's a there's a mm-hmm. bunch of names that I know of. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm not advertising for anybody. If I was, I would tell everybody they should be with Advisor Evolved because Chris Joe <laughs> has an outstanding product. But I also know Jeff yeah. from Forge 3, and he has a very good product in the marketplace as well. And you know, that being said, where mm-hmm. I'm going with that is I see a lot of people out there that go spend the money to have a website built for them, and then mm-hmm. they complain about how much they pay for the... <laughs> excuse me for the ongoing monthly charge, right? Because that's a, that's a thing in the insurance industry that you can pay a certain amount to have your site designed and built, but then there's ongoing maintenance that goes with that. Now, I've built plenty of WordPress websites in my day. I understand how to build them. I understand how plugins work. I also understand what a pain in the rear plugins are, especially when Mm -hmm. they update automatically and conflict with other plugins on your site. And the next thing you know, you've got either security issues because you have missing patches or you have plugins that are conflicting and it takes your site down because it won't render right or whatever else. So for me, that alone is well worth mm. me spending $150 or $200 a month for somebody to make sure that my website always works, right? right? That's right. it. But yep. what I see is agents who complain about that because that's not how they're viewing the technology. That's not what their mm. expectation is. Their expectation is not only should somebody be able to maintain your site, but why aren't you why aren't you putting content on our site for us too? Why aren't you blogging <laughs> right. on our behalf? Why aren't you adding, you know helping us with search engine optimization and all mm-hmm. of these other things? And I and I use that because that's one of the best examples in the most frequent that I see about agents just having unrealistic expectations yeah. for technology. now here's a here's an, an expectation that I think is realistic, and it's not been solved, and I don't know when it's going to be solved but I don't understand why an agency management system and a CRM can't live in the same product. Right. I don't understand (laughs) (laughs) why you can't have a fully integrated agency management system in a CRM. Everybody's trying to do it. But even the integrations that are out there, right. Even the integrations that are out there are not awesome. You know, they're supposed to be able to be two way communication through API, not happening that way. You Mm -hmm. know, there's limitations to all of it. And, you know, We at this point, I've been telling the story for so long. You used to say I had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar HubSpot build out. I've probably got 300 grand into HubSpot at this point, just building it out, customizing it, and using it for sales service and marketing in our agency. I know what to expect for that though. But again, HubSpot would be a great example, or Salesforce, or Zoho, or any of these other ones. It's not cheap, man. My HubSpot no. bill is sixteen hundred dollars a month for me to have five seats on sales and five seats on service. It's fifteen. It's sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred dollars a month, something like that. Yeah. Out of the box, HubSpot does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. it, all it is is going to give you a login that you can go in and see that it's empty. You have to make yeah. it work. Yeah. right. And so if you don't take the time to lay out, like I can't imagine that the same agency agency principles are typically who I'm dealing with. the same agency principles that complain about things like that. Are you walking your client through the buyer's journey the way you should so they understand mm-hmm. exactly what it is they should expect? Right. Right. You know, we go out and we buy these products with unrealistic expectations. Are we selling Mm -hmm. products with unrealistic expectations? I don't know. All I'm telling you is I think that you guys have a rough job in what you do because you probably deal (laughs) with agents who don't always understand exactly what it is that you you provide. And you may be executing to 100% perfection and they just don't think that you are because for whatever reason, they believe you should be doing more than what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it, and that's kind of our culture right now, right? I mean, we're uh, technology is changing so quick, uh, and your your baseline is kind of whatever you. I mean, years ago, no one was talking about APIs. Now everybody wants an API and is talking about it and trying to build them out. And so it just kind of comes to like what's available and and do you understand the importance of it? I will say, I mean, I think. There's some really basic things and stuff that you're talking about, too. There's just some basic, realistic things that I think agents do want from their market. And I think it's important to differentiate the like the noise from what's actually impactful. Right. So um, an agent, we we hear all kinds of stuff from agents. We want this. We want that. And it'd be really cool if you could do this. And and some of it, like you're saying, a lot of it is just is very unrealistic or it's not going to happen for a long time. Um, And we still see a lot of Frankenstein approaches to to putting one technology platform next to another. And and it's a lot of what we do as well. We just try to make that very simple. But there are some pieces like manual entry. That is a problem that is still such a big problem. And what I mean is um, an an agent maybe sitting there going into 10 different portals typing in the same address 10 different times. And that's really frustrating, especially wholesalers who've got 30 or 40 carriers. Oh, my gosh. You've got to really be focused strategically on where to spend your time. And you may not go to a carrier because you think they're not going to write it or or MGA because you don't think they're going to write it. Maybe they would, if, uh, but you didn't want to spend that time. So companies have ta- tackled this by... Hiring cheap labor or or outsourcing data entry and it takes 24 hours to, to put that into a system. We do it instantaneously. So if we can solve a simple problem like that, now that's a big deal. Now, over the last five years, agents have gradually moved up. When we ask them in surveys, when we do surveys of hundreds of thousands of agents, and we ask them, hey, what do you want from your markets? Um, it's it's gone. Uh, we, we've seen an answer in there now that has been the top 10 for the last three or four years, which has been no more manual entry. That's it. That's what we want from our markets. No more manual entry, whatever it takes. We just don't want that. We're tired of sitting here typing things in. To me, that's a realistic thing. We've got a solution to that problem. We want automated underwriting. That's probably another one. It, that's That hasn't been the easiest thing to do in the past. Now it's exceptionally easier, kind of like Web development. If you're a small company and you want a website, now you don't have to necessarily hire a developer. You go to Wix and and drag and drop and build something. and And so our out of the box solution for that is really attractive, where you can automate a lot of the tasks and and underwriting fairly uh, quickly and easily. And and now agents, this last survey we did they they value automated processes like that over commission eight to one. So they're, they'd rather deal with a market that is automating that process then that is even paying them better. And to me, that, that actually makes a lot of logical sense.
1: Well, you know, if agents are not producing, right. One of right. the biggest problems that we have is people who sit in my chair are also producing. And they're not stepping back and looking at the 10,000-foot overview of their business and actually Mm -hmm. being a leader and mentoring their team and running their company the right way because they're constantly hitting the grind to build revenue. And when you sit up at that level and you look down and you're gut-level honest with yourself as to what's going on, you're going to realize pretty quickly you don't have the wherewithal to make decisions like that because you're Mm. you're not even contemplating them, right? but i mean that's a big deal because you you really do need to put a little thought into that you know you might have an mm-hmm. agency who has the ability to automate processes and go one direction but they could not automate those same processes for 2% more commission What's the right decision? Well, <laughs> right. until you figure out how much time you're actually saving and translate that into dollars using mm-hmm. the automated solution, you're not going to be able to guess. You're just going to you're just going to say, "Oh, 2% commission, I'm not giving that up." I talk yeah. about this a lot with regard to wholesalers. It's the same mm-hmm. way. So, yep. you know, if you think about it, I can go to a number of places. We're an auto owner's agency. We have a great relationship with them. We tend to write the bulk of our contractor business um, and the stuff that fits their appetite. We're going to usually give them first right a refusal on that business due to the relationship and quality of the carrier. But – We also have the ability to go to other markets that we have direct, or in some cases, we have a relationship where we can go to Allstate for their auto program through my buddy John Mason, who owns Shenango Brokers up in New York, and I might decide that for some newer accounts that I don't have a relationship with yet, that it makes more sense for me to send that business to John. Now, here's here's the thought Mm -hmm. process behind that. I can run it through auto owners. We can quote online. We're going to get 15 points. I can fill out accords and send it to John, and we're going to get 10. Right. Okay, so if it's a $100,000 account, I'm going somewhere. I promise. If it's Mm a $100,000 account, that's a $5,000 decision, right? Right. It's $5,000 less if I go to Shenango Brokers for 10%. Mm -hmm. This account's not known to me. And so what happens if I decide, you know what, I'm going to keep this thing with auto owners and I'm going to go ahead and, um, just put it on the books direct. And I do And six months in, they haven't done anything we've asked them to do from a fleet safety standpoint. Mm. And in fact, they've had a couple of near misses and all of a sudden I get a call six months into the policy period that says we've just had a sizable loss. And we need your uh, sizable claim. We need your help. And let's just say that that claim ultimately costs Mm. $500,000. I just lost my contingency with auto owners, right? Right. I just blew my carrier bonuses for the, my carrier bonus with them for the year, because I'm probably not going to recover from a big loss Mm. like that on my agency's loss ratio. So now, because I didn't insulate myself by taking an unknown account who I didn't know how it was going to perform Send that over to my friend who has Allstate at his agency, but much more volume and an ability to absorb a loss like that. Right. And preserve my loss ratio so that I still get my contingency bonus, which, by the way, is a nice chunk of change. It's a heck of a lot more than five thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. or I can be greedy for the five grand and end up costing myself what could be more than a hundred thousand. Right. Right. We have to, you have to be in a position to run your business and look at things like that to make those kind of decisions. If you're in the weeds and all you're doing is out knocking on doors or answering calls to try and sell, sell, sell. Yeah. What are you doing to your bottom line? You know, how, how can you really maximize profitability top line is not where it's at we I understand that right. we need revenue in our agencies but if you have a lot of revenue and you're not profitable guess what you're not profitable yeah you, you could have less revenue and, and more profit dollars than some of these agencies that have higher revenue and low profit because they're not running their business like a business so understanding how and where to automate is a big piece of this
2: it's such a big piece and, and I something I always come back to is transparency see if the, if these markets would have been more transparent about some of these things up front, maybe like you you know some of this because you've had experience and you've in you've had encounters with these markets in the past. But if you don't know a market and they're brand new to you, you don't know any of this information. You don't even frankly know if they're going to write it or not. And so I think again, if if we can put more transparency in front of folks um, to know this information ahead of time, they're going to make better decisions. Uh, and and to me, that's that's where you empower them. But that's a that's a really good point. So I mean, from your perspective, um, what is what is the most important thing for you when you're trying to find a new market to work with? Is it is it that they're like tech savvy? Is it that they? Uh, I know you're not greedy, and it's not necessarily about commission. But is it a mix between commission and maybe like a good product, or is it that personal touch and service afterwards? Like, what is your uh, maybe top? Ask,
1: you, you know, I don't any agent who says commissions not important is lying <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. they're always going to look at it. Yeah. But I do want to preface this and say that's not going to be the first thing that I look at. Right. It, it really isn't because I'm of the mindset that the commissions are going to fall in a certain bracket, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm never going to have somebody walk into my agency and present a contract that is just going to offend me. It's so bad. Mm. Like you're not going to have a care. Like right now we have an incentive with, um, with Amtrust where we get a nice chunk of change for new business. Um, Mm. last year, I don't remember exactly what it is this year, but last year when we ended, it was like 22%. And wow. the issue is it drops down to nine percent at renewal. So you've got a 13 point mm. spread already of, of of what you're gonna lose. So you have to constantly have that new threshold yep. of revenue That's interesting. You know, in, in a bonus yeah. because if you don't, you're just you're you're gonna tank from one year to right. the next. So I understand that, um, but but what I wouldn't understand is if I have somebody like an Amtrak. let's just say I've got three different carriers that, that we write a good chunk of workers' comp with, and three of them pay 15% new business based on mm. the volume that we produce, and I've got a new carrier that wants to come into the agency, and they pay five. That's a problem, mm. okay? Yep. That's yep. a problem. Am I going to kick them out? I'm probably not going to kick them out yet, but you better show me why. You're worth 10 percent less revenue for me. I mean, exactly 10 points yeah. less revenue for me, which is actually 66 percent in terms of dollars, right? Mm. So you need to explain that to me. But typically, what I want, what what's the most important for me is who is going, who has a good tech pl- platform. You know, Mm -hmm. is the online quoting experience because pretty much all the carriers we work with at this point want you to quote and encourage you to quote online. What Mm -hmm. does that experience look like? Is that smooth? Is it clunky? Is it accurate? Are we are we quoting things and then all of a sudden, you know, multiple times we have issues where an underwriter comes back to you three days after you've bound a policy and says, "Oh, wait Mm -hmm. a minute, you know, the system should have caught this." But those are things that I look for a lot. Um, the other thing I'm going to look for is just overall responsiveness and innovation. Like talk to me, you know, if we do have a problem, how quickly are you going to fix it? That's it. That's all I care about. Every relationship Mm -hmm. is going to have a problem. Look, I'm not going to sit here like some sort of an idiot and and, and expect everybody to believe that we don't ever have a client servicing issue in my agency. Every business has Mm -hmm. that. You can strive to not have it, but you're going to have it whether it's real or perceived it's there. And so, it's how you respond when that issue happens that I'm most concerned about. You know, do you brush it under yeah. the mat or do you actually try and fix it? And then the third thing is, how forward thinking are they? How how innovative are they? You know, they have great tech today, but are they yeah. going to push that to another level? Or in five years, is it going to be outdated because they blew their wad early and they, you know... Yeah. They don't have the money to push it forward and they haven't done a good job with their planning and development. I, I want to know that I'm with carriers that are thinking about the future and finding innovative ways for agencies to to work with them um, and, and get on the same page. that That's really it. Yeah. Is commission important? It is important, but I think that you know just based on the fact on, on how economics works and the laws of the marketplace, you're mm-hmm. you're very, very rarely going to find something where there's a massive gap from the highest payout to the lowest payout. Yeah, And I'm talking standard lines. It's different if you have to go through a third party and they're only getting, you know, a certain percentage and then they have to take their cut. I've, I've seen that where sometimes with a carrier workers, cops only going to pay you five points, but you're also going through a wholesaler who's only getting
2: 10 to begin with or whatever. Right. But that, that That's how I look at things. I, I, I've seen that MGAs are killing it right now because of this. They're They're becoming... Really, truly specialists in their field, and that's a huge benefit to agents. Uh, they need to, man.
1: I, I feel yeah. like MGAs need to because my, the yep. cynical side of me tells me that all all wholesalers are the same, right? <laughs> right. Like, it, from my perspective, yeah. are, are they really like? You've got to be I a understand. combination. I, I understand that when you talk to somebody from a wholesaler, they're going to give mm. you all the reasons why they're different. I I, I know what right. the, I know what the dance is. All I'm saying is when I look at, give me a list of all your markets, they're all the same, right? Give me a list of the classes of the business you want, unless it's something that's a specialty program or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. all the same. Mm -hmm. To me, the wholesale relationship is a, is, is a relationship period. Like it is person to person who you work with the best. And I mean, I Mm -hmm. work with a limited number of wholesalers in my agency and of those people, with the exception of one, I mean, we've probably got a total of four or five wholesale relationships. Um, but that being said, you know, I just honestly feel like it's the person that you're dealing with that, that you end yeah. up buying into. And I followed the person from brokerage to brokerage to brokerage yeah. because I know that person has always taken care of me. But I, all of that to say, if I owned a wholesale company and I wanted to differentiate myself, aside from hiring the best people that everybody's going to like and follow, really drilling down and being a master of your craft. And a great yes. example, a great example of that is is Pro Writers. My friend Brian Thornton at Pro Writers, hmm. who writes a ton of tech E and O in in management liability and stuff. Guess what? That's all they do right that's all they do if I yeah. have a cyber question if I need if I've got a question about cyber liability
2: exactly
1: who do I want to call do I want to call a wholesaler who has a guy that writes some cyber sometimes right. or do I want to call the guy that's been writing cyber for 20 years you know worked at Chubb in their in their technology right. arena and now owns a, in a CEO of a wholesaler who writes nothing but cyber and speaks as a keynote speaker on it across the country instant credibility yes. Yes. There's no reason for me to ever turn away and go to anybody else because I know that if they have a question, these people are probably going to call a guy like Brian to answer their questions too. So right. instead of me exactly. fooling around, I want to go right to the right person. And and I think that's the biggest that's the biggest difference. So for me as an yep. agency principle, if I'm weighing my options for who I'm going to bring in as a new wholesaler to my relationship, that's really the main question I'm going to have with the way that I laid this out. I think they're all the same to begin with. They're all the same markets. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's going to be a relationship with a person, but for me to take that next step Mm -hmm. and understand what I need to do to have a relationship with that person, you got to, you got to show me why, why do I need to do it? the only way you, you can't tell me you'll get me quotes faster. You can't tell me you'll give me a couple of, a couple of more points of commission, yeah. You need to let me know that when I come to you with something, you are the expert. You are the one who knows this yeah. better than anybody else I can talk to. And with absolute certainty, I, I'm going to get the best information possible. That That's honestly what I think. And so yeah. the more a wholesaler is
2: willing to differentiate themselves and go deep, the better. And you're not alone. I, I mean, I think this is so critical right now i think a lot of people are looking for that and i think it's been because uh, there's been a lack of it Uh, to to your point i mean you go every wholesaler that i've i've talked to um same thing it's like yeah we've got 30 different markets and we just do a little bit of everything well if i went to get hire an an attorney and they just said well yeah we just do like a little bit of everything it's like no i want someone who's just so good at contracts if that's what i'm looking at this is what you do every single day um, and with new newer kind of products like Cyber Liability, where most agents don't even know what Accord form Cyber Liability is on. It's so new. What they're looking for is resources and information. And I've been coming across some really fantastic MGAs here recently where that is what they focus on. They go, look, when we bring on an agent, they're going to know that we're going to do everything with them. We do cyber. That is what we focus on. And not only that, but we're going to help them understand what it means to have a firewall, what kind of questions you need to ask your customers, and why these things are important. Um, it, it, it's having those kind of discussions. That's the kind of stuff that agents really, really want and need. And the companies that are paying attention to that, even if they are a wholesaler, but then you work with twenty different MGAs and, and carriers that specialize in those two, you're just so much more powerful. So if you can combine that with really good technology, and and be just really transparent up front you it's an absolute home run, and I think we're seeing that. I, I'm just so optimistic because I think we're seeing that uh, constantly right now. we're We're seeing a lot of new, nimble, creative companies that are popping up left and right, and they're giving people a, a real run for their money that have been just kind of sitting around playing off the same old legacy systems. Uh, and it's a lot harder to move from a legacy system to a newer system. If you can start today as a company that's a new MGA, Oh my goodness! It's just amazing what what I've been seeing, like with using telematics and APIs and just so much automation. And well, th- look, man, the, yeah. and the other thing—it's uh, not even just
1: automation; it's also the underwriting process too, right? Right. So that's you know that's the thing that's really gonna going to be crazy going forward. And we're already seeing this. People have dipped their toe in it. Um, it's been around for a little while, but you know, a great example is usage-based driving or usage-based yeah. automobile insurance. So now you can go in and you can gain a profile on somebody's driving behaviors through the telematics or whatever else. Yeah. But rather than you assigning them a rate that they're going to pay, you're going to assign them a rate that they're going to pay as they use it. So we're seeing these companies right. get like a minimum premium as a deposit but then they're going to bill them mm-hmm. every month based on usage. It's
2: and so, beautiful.
1: yeah. And so the thing is, how is this going to affect like all of the other realms of insurance, right? You know, if <laughs> right. I'm a business owner, let's just say that I own yeah. one of these last mile delivery services for Amazon. And I know mm-hmm. that Johnny has a, a rate of 27 cents a mile, but Sally has a rate of six cents a mile. Hmm. If I know that information, I know that I can load Sally with the bulk of the deliveries because she's cheaper and less of a
2: risk to me. Right. And that's a, a much better angle to take, in my opinion. It's amazing. Yeah, I, uh, that's that's kind of where I'm seeing things headed. This is really nice. I mean, we are seeing a clear trend in this direction. And um, I, I hope that people are really paying attention to this because um, over the next five years, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And to be honest, over the last two years, just due to the state of things, the the ad- adaption to this kind of technology has just skyrocketed, I think way past what anybody expected. Um yep. so it's it's certainly super exciting to see. Well we great. see it
1: in the we see it in the personal lines arena too. You got Tesla right. insurance, yep. Toyota insurance, you know, all of them are yep. coming out with it now. They're they're figuring it out. So and then well, listen, that's man. The baseline. Yeah, 100%. We've been going almost an hour. What have we not talked about that you want to make sure we get out to 15,000 plus people listening to this?
2: Well, look, I I mean, I think we covered so much today. So again, I appreciate so much the time and having me on here. Um, I I would just love to get out that I'm extremely accessible. You know, feel free to contact me, go to appulate.com, figure out what we're doing. I, I would just love to have a conversation, even if it's not something you're thinking about doing for two to three years, let's start having a conversation about it. Let me know what you want to do. And um, I'm sure you're the same way. We just know so many different people. So if if what I'm doing is not what you're looking for, probably know someone who does, and I'm happy to get you connected. So yeah,
1: the last thing that I will say is people like, like Johnny just said, even if you're not ready right now, sometimes part of making the right decision is the due diligence process and just getting the idea out there to figure out everything that could possibly happen. And with a company that's been around for 17 years in this space and understands a lot about what may go go wrong for you, probably an invaluable resource. So I would highly encourage anybody to reach out to him and talk through where your head is and what you're looking to do in your agency. And I trust that he's going to be straight with you and, and not try and talk you into something that's a bad idea because in today's day and age, that doesn't really do any of us any good. You can <laughs> right. get blasted on social so quickly. So uh, yes. with that being said, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on, man. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. I uh, to give Tell them how to get a hold of you. They can go to the website, but is there a, a direct
2: email or something you prefer? Yeah, it, absolutely. Go to Appulate.com or uh, J Yarbrough, which is J-Y-A-R-B-R-O-U-G-H at Appulate.com. Best way to get a hold of me.
1: Perfect. Well, I hope you have a great week, man. Thanks for spending an hour with me, and and yeah. I hope people make it rain, man. I love nothing more than seeing agencies take the leap into technology that they've just been either scared or bashful to before. Just head first, all in, nobody, nobody getting in their way.
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you wanna take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.